It's a miracle. And Ivy, and you are listening to Black, Broke and Brilliant. Coming up on today's episode, we'll be discussing the love-hate relationship we have with our hair. So let's get straight into it. So today we're going to talk about all things natural hair because this lockdown really threw a spanner in the works and forced a lot of us to reevaluate our relationship with our hair. I couldn't just hop on a bus and get my extensions to braid my hair with and pick up my favourite products. So it definitely forced me to try and understand my hair a bit better instead of just trying to find the easiest and quickest way of dealing with it. But I just have to give a special shout out to my biceps. This episode is dedicated to them because Lord knows... Every day is arm day when you have natural hair. Indeed. I felt that last sentence in my soul. Like I really do have strength in my arms because of hair day. But just a bit more about our hair journey. So um, my hair was regularly relaxed when I was younger. Like for as long as I can remember, my hair was relaxed. And then at 16, I made the choice to transition my hair to natural. So that was basically no longer using the chemicals on my head to straighten it and just letting my hair grow out the way it grows from my head um in terms of styles like braids were always my go-to for as long as I can remember like you will always catch me in braids um literally one of my favorite styles I absolutely love them just I love braids um if my hair is out and natural then a twist out is my go-to like the way you see us on the icon of the podcast icon that's literally how you can catch us on a daily um the, the texture of my hair specifically, it's like very coily. So it's prone to shrinkage, which is annoying for me because it doesn't really show its true length because it just coils back up and always wants to shrink. And it's so annoying because I'm like, I know my hair is long. Like I know I have length to it, but I can't see it. It's the most frustrating thing because you know you have inches. You spent your time looking after your hair to get the growth and then it just wants to spring back up. And I'm like, please, I've been doing everything correctly. I know it's growing. The thing is, I know it's growing. It's more about the length retention, but I'm like, it's definitely past. I feel as if for the last 10 years, my hair has just been at collarbone length. And it's like, I know you have inches, but the coils are like, nope, I'm a bounce back. It's actually, it's betrayal. Honestly, when your own hair betrays you, it hurts. But yeah, my hair journey has been slightly different. So I've always had natural hair. So kind of like you, Sammy, I've mostly had braids or twists. I'm feeling fancy, the occasional twist out, but pretty much always natural. And it's interesting because I think a lot of black women have had their hair relaxed or had their hair dyed or perms, but I haven't had any of that. So I think I've been lucky because I've managed to avoid most types of damage and retain length, but at the same time, I still don't know how enough to look after my hair and it still tangles like crazy and breaks like crazy. And Lord knows I haven't been able to get a comb through my hair in years. So <laughs> it's, the hair journey is it's an interesting one. But um, yeah, my hair has a mind of its own even, but I love it. And yeah, like you, I have my hair in braids most of the time just because it's the longest thing to deal with. Like wash day is a whole event in the calendar and ain't nobody got time for that. But... <laughs> Since lockdown, I guess it's been different because I haven't had braids, I've just had it completely natural. And that has been an interesting journey just to learn how to actually do it. And I'm not there yet, but I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I think it's so funny because like the hair journey that you are having to go through like by force because of lockdown is I had that point, but like a couple years ago. 
like going to that was my point to like wow I really have to tackle like and do my own hair like wow I really have to like know what I'm doing because there was just there was just no braids at the point um but yeah it is really funny and I think it just shows that like not all black women are homogenous like yeah we all have black hair but we all struggle with it in different ways and again you have never like had your hair relaxed whereas I have so I think this will definitely be really interesting to see like the different ways we've transitioned and come through our hair journey so I just wanted to start off by thinking about like childhood memories I have with my hair and I think back to the internal and external battle with your hair from such a young age and it was almost just like a riot of passage like I used to fear the blow dry like I hated getting my hair blow dried like yeah afterwards it was so soft and shiny and just like really easy to manage but it was definitely the worst part of wash day because imagine your hair is wet yet and my scalp is already really sensitive and as I said like I have really coily hair but my mum, just think of the hairdryer with the comb on the end, because with our hair, there's always a comb on the end. And it's like almost piercing the comb into your scalp and then like pulling from the roots down to the ends. With wet hair that is very, very curly, that's just straight pain. And literally like she would pull the blow dry, like pull my head with it. <laughs> when you get whiplash, just like, oh. <laughs> literally it's literally whiplash like it was just so painful and I was just sitting there like literally holding my head just waiting for it to be over and if the comb didn't fly off the dryer every other minute you were lucky because with my hair where it's so thick the comb was always flying halfway across the living room like mid blow dry and this this was just my experience as a child and like this is just wash day for me um uh, it was always really funny though because after it's been blow dried it's like proper afro and just like out and I would look like a troll doll <laughs> after <laughs> quite a look just think, just think of the troll doll like the really straight hair but just going in like every Wait single up. direction just defying all gravity <laughs> literally gravity defying oh my goodness do you remember that picture from um from Barcelona, from Barcelona. <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like I literally yeah, because I was doing my hair, we were in Barcelona for 10 days and my hair was natural. I was like, crap, I'm going to have to like wash it and condition it and stuff. Um, and just use like the basic hair dryer that they had in the hotel. I was like, blow dry my hair upwards. And then I walked out into the living room where you guys are sat and I literally looked like a troll doll. Um, you know what's funny about that? I feel like when we hopped on the plane to go to Barcelona, your hair was semi-straight. And by the time we left, it was not... There was, it was all kinds of textures. It was straight, curly, puff. It was just everything. And the heat as well didn't help. I don't know what I was thinking, being like, yeah, I could do 10 days in Spain in the summer, my natural hair. As painful as like hair drying was, my hair would be like a lot straighter and shiny after. And it just made it easier for my mum to manage my hair as opposed to if it's just like in its dry, curly state, like right after washing. Um, one of my favourite things though, like looking back on it now, um, it was one of my favorite things, but like just sitting between your mum's legs or your sister or your auntie's legs, like on a cushion as they like would grease your scalp and like oil it. And my, my mum would do this like every day or every other day. And she was like, just like you eat food, your hair needs to eat food as well. So come let me grease your scalp. Oh. But uh, oh, it's such a cute pastime, like sitting between um, your aunt or your sister's eggs and like them doing your hair. That's just part of like 
black culture african culture i think and that kind of like bonding i don't know if it's, yeah it's that. like the quintessential black female experience just like everyone has those memories of just being like between your mum's knees just sitting there hours going by and your head's like throbbing but you're low-key enjoying it at the same time <laughs> Yes, throbbing. Throbbing is the precise word. After that blow dry, after anything, it's it's throbbing. It's almost like your head's just telling you, "Wow, this is this is too much. I've been through a lot." <laughs> you, know, you get your hair done, and they're like, "Are you tender-headed?" And it's like, "No, you're just attacking my scalp, so it hurts." Yeah, they always want to blame it on you. Like it's your fault that you, your scalp is too sensitive. Um, would you yank it like that? <laughs> yes. No, exactly. but. Oh my goodness, all the different like creams, the scalping, you'd get the blue magic, which everyone used to love because it would change colour when it goes <laughs> on your hair. I still use that, like genuinely. Come time to braid my hair, I whip out the blue magic, it's great. <laughs> That's it, because you need it to slip back your natural hair so it blends into the braids. Like you, exactly. you need that blue magic, you need that grease, you need it. Um, I always used to love Indian hemp. I don't know why, but it looked as if it had like seeds and stuff. And I just thought, oh, it's like multivitamins. It must be good in my <laughs> It used to smell so good too. No, I love that. Yeah. But um, again, I think my favourite thing was like that female bonding. As you said, it's like such a quintessential like female black experience. And most of the time it was either my cousin or my sister because my sister, I always say my sister's a hairdresser. Like she did other people's hair, but maybe she was just, maybe she was just good at hair. <laughs> um, but she did actually train to be a hairdresser. But yeah, my sister would always do my braids. Like I never had to like pay for, to get my hair done and stuff. And it would take, hours but it was it was hours I was spending with my sister like it was always so much fun like me going to her house and then like us having sister time and her doing my hair like watching movies that kind of thing yeah. because it it does take hours like six hours is the minimum for me um and I think that is almost like a similar way in that boys bond with their barbers like they have that deep connection with their barber no other person can touch my hair except my barber you know yeah <laughs> like the loyalty to their barber is more than their loyalty to their girl sometimes let's be real i'm telling you it'd be like that it, actually, it do be like that we really do it's true though because i was similar like my sister used to do my hair as well when i was younger it was either my sister or my mum. and it's mad because i think when i was really young when i was like tiny like in primary school i used to hate it just because it was hours and hours and hours and then as i progressively got older i was like this is actually quite nice and just spending some quality time but i guess when you're a kid and becky Who's sitting next to you is like I just wash my hair every day and then you know that you have to schedule in a whole eight hours to get your hair done it's not really it's not really your idea of fun is it but yeah as you grow up you're like this is actually a nice bonding experience because that's like a long period of just quality time that you wouldn't usually get otherwise yeah and that's that's what it is it's not just oh let me quickly do this it's a couple minutes no it's literally like a whole day you have to put your whole day aside to get your hair done um Ah, uh, so getting to the struggle. Wash day is an extreme sport. Having Afro hair is an extreme sport and a full-time job. When, <laughs> when I went to uni, I was forced to learn how to do my own hair. There was no mumsy to wash my hair for me, to make sure that it was actually clean and I got all the dirt out. There was no mumsy to give me that intense scalp massage. Ah. Oh, I missed those. When she was washing my hair, she proper massaged the scalp. It was 
therapeutic. Like you can even pay for that kind of service. There was no mumsy to oil my scalp, to conroe it. And I took that for granted. I really took that for granted because when I got to uni, I was just like, what do, what do I do now? What do I do now? I was stood in the shower for like two hours. And I'm, like, I'm not even sure my hair is clean at this point. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I feel that I it was so bad for me as well because I didn't it didn't even occur to me that my mum or sister wouldn't be there to braid my hair when I was at uni so I just left the braids in it was like two months and they were still there and I was like this is not clean or sanitary but what am I gonna do that's exactly how I felt like at uni my I just had braids full time the only time I took my hair out was when I was going back home to London because I didn't have the products, the stores, there was no packs 20 minutes away. There was, there was none of that. So it was like braids at uni because I don't know how to do this. It was literally from jumping into the deep end. Mm -hmm. And what's worse, okay, so that was my first year at uni where I had to start learning to do things for myself. But on my year abroad, Ivy, when I was in West Virginia, mm -hmm. West Virginia, not even like New York, Atlanta, places that you know are black, black. I was in West Virginia and there was not a black hair shop to be seen, let alone a black hairdresser. Nowhere in sight. So I had to mentally prepare myself for the mission I had ahead when my braids came out because I got my hair done in August because they start, yeah, school in the US starts in August. And I had my, my hair done in London and I was like it's a long time to December when I'm going home and I was like I can't keep my braids in for six months <laughs> so when it came to taking it out I was like cool before I even think about taking it out I need to go online I need to order combs gels shampoos conditioner leave-in styling stuff I was like I can't take out these braids until I have all of the equipment necessary <laughs> all the girls on the floor I shared with, they knew about the struggle because it was a shared bathroom. Yeah, so there was just like one shared bathroom on our floor. They would see me in there at like seven o'clock, five hours later, midnight, I was still in there doing my hair, deep conditioning, combing out and like raw ivy. It was, it was an actual struggle. And there was like no one else. It was a load of white girls on my floor. There was no yeah. one else who understood the struggle. So they were just walking in to take their shower and I'm just there like brushing out my <laughs> No, no, I don't know how you did that. Because Philly, when I was at uni, it'd be for like two months or three months at a go. And I think it's fine. Just your hair should be washed by now, but it's fine. Just leave it a couple of weeks until you go home. And then I'd take out the braids the night before I'd go home so that my mum could redo my braids again. But to know that you're away for a full year and have to just do all of that yourself with no guidance, you deserve, you deserve a medal for that because that's long. But the only guidance I had was strength and guidance from the Lord up above. <laughs> this, this is literally the longest I'd gone with like natural hair without braids because okay let's say I got them in August two months even let me say September latest October but I was going long periods of time where it was just me and my hair and it was like styling got to go to class like you know looking presentable I had one head tie with me why did I only take one head tie why would you one? how does that sound like a good idea I didn't even give myself range. So it was, that was when I really, really had to like learn how to do my hair. And it, that was like a big learning curve for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I, I relate to that a lot. And I think when I started my natural hair journey, just trying to actually look after my hair, there were so many points where I was like, should I just shave it all off? Because this is not the one. This is time consuming. This is so much effort. Should I just like do a Michaela Cole and just rock my bald head because this is long? Exactly. And I, I really just had to order products online. There was no packs or no hair shops in West Virginia. No like black owned hair shops where I could just walk in and, you know, find the products I'm used to. So it was really a sense of like going on Insta and YouTube, seeing what kind of products other um, like black women are using and then just ordering them online because there was no other option for me. That's right. Especially because for me anyway, like if I don't have my specific products, my hair just doesn't do what I want it to do. Like I remember back in the day, me and my mum used to use this product called Dixie Peach. And it was, I don't even know what it was, but it just made our hair perfect. And then they had the audacity to discontinue it. And then from that day, it was just struggle. So I don't know how you dealt with that in West Virginia with no black hair shops. That's how did you do that? No. Why are they going to do that? Do you know how long it takes to find a product that works for your hair? To find a line that works for your hair? And you're just going to discontinue it like that? Honestly, I was like, this is rude. This is actually rude. I was, I was hurt. I'm still hurt because I, I haven't found a product that good since. It's not okay. Same. There's things I use and I'm like, I think it's doing the job, but I can't really tell. Like when people are like, you just have to figure out what works for your hair. I'm still not sure to this very day. I'm still not sure. Genuinely, like I still need help because I don't know what I'm doing. I, the thing is, I use like so many different products. I'm like, okay, it made that, that happen, which I like, but I don't know if that was the shampoo, the conditioner, the leave-in, the cream, the curl cream, like what, what made it do that thing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> just constantly rotating, just hoping that one combination works. But yeah, man, one thing that just stresses me out so much about natural hair is the fact that every now and then I would be like, I'm going to do some research. I'm going to try and come up with better ways to look after my hair. And they never work for me. Like literally two years ago, um, I was thinking I need to deep condition my hair, but I used to just deep condition it with like um, conditioners that you can just throw on. So I thought this time I'm going to go down the natural route. I'm going to make my own smoothie and apply it to my hair. So I was YouTubing all over the place. Like, okay, let me, let me see what this black YouTuber did. Let me see what this one did. And I came up with the perfect like concoction. It was like banana, avocado, eggs, honey. I can't even remember, but it, it was great. It smelled great. It looked good. <laughs> So I really applied it to my hair. The plan was to tie a plastic bag over it, leave it overnight and then wash it out the next day. I thought I'm not even going to tangle it now because it's going to be so soft in the morning. Anyway, the morning came and I took the plastic bag off of my head. And what did I find? Scrambled egg in my hair. When I tell you, I looked in the mirror and I was like, was I caught in a snowstorm? Like, it was so bad. And I finally understood what those kids with knits went through when you've just got that little comb and you're just trying to get them out. <laughs> it was so bad. It was, Sammy, it was so bad. Like I was just looking at myself in the mirror like, how did I get here? I was trying to do something good and this is how you repay me. <laughs> no, it was awful. And then I got in the shower and because I hadn't even detangled it, I couldn't even just comb it out properly. So I was just sat there like, my. <laughs> I went under the shower just trying to get this egg out and it wasn't going anywhere. And it was great because I was also using hot water and that just intensified the smell. So I just stunk of egg for a week. 
and yeah that, that was that was my experience with my own homemade deep conditioner and I haven't done one since I'm still quite traumatized <laughs> oh my goodness I haven't stopped laughing oh my gosh I just need a second to catch my breath oh my days it was I feel so like I, I feel like I'm gonna have abs from laughing so much the thing is when you told me this story like a couple of weeks ago I was like, surely not. Like you said, oh, I had scrambled eggs in my hair. <laughs> like it really cooked overnight in my hair. Like you can't make this stuff up. The YouTubers oh, didn't tell me that was going to happen. I did everything right and still scrambled eggs. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's so crazy is that you told me that story and then I was reading this article online about like this hair scientist and someone literally spoke about the exact thing you went through and i was like how are there people with scrambled eggs in their head like how did this ha how did this happen because i know exactly the recipe you're on about because i did it too youtubers would swear by your own diy make your own deep conditioners and it was literally that it was like honey avocados bananas and an egg, and I'd done that before, and my hair came out like shiny. There was no scrambled eggs, oh, there was it. no cook anything, there was no <laughs> smell. But somehow you did it. It was the you fact did that, it and just that, got... that didn't even cross my mind. There was no point where I was like, I'm gonna end up with fried egg in my hair. That just didn't even enter my brain. I just, I just don't have luck with deep conditions. Even like, I wanna say a few months ago, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a different deep conditioner I thought let me do a hot oil treatment I always use coconut oil but I thought let me just let me heat it up let me put it on my hair let me put the plastic bag back over it and I should probably say when you buy coconut oil in the shop it starts off as a solid but then you heat it up and it turns into a liquid like you can fully tell how hot your house is or how hot it is outside based on whether your coconut oil is a liquid or a solid <laughs> like that is important right yeah, when I bought it, it was a solid. I, I put it in the microwave, I heated it up, put it all over my hair, put the plastic bag on, was going about my day. And then I took off the plastic bag and I looked in the mirror and it was a similar situation to the egg story because there were just fat clumps of dried coconut oil all over my hair. It was like someone had grated a candle on top of my head. And I was like, coconut oil. Why are you gonna do me like that? How, like, is, how is it possible for one person? I just, how is it possible for one person to have this much bad luck when it comes? <laughs> I, did, uh, I thought that one. Do you know what? Coconut oil. Co coconut oil. I hear that because it comes in so many different forms. Some that come in a bottle and it's liquid mm -hmm. and then others that come in a jar and it's solid. Some are in a jar, but they solidify and then they melt and they solidify and some of it's melted, some of it's liquid. Like you just don't know what you're going to get with, with coconut oil. So I, under I understand that. What's so mad is that I literally did a hot oil treatment. Can you stop? Um, literally on Sunday when I washed my hair. How did it go well? It was, you know, I had a mishap. It went fine, but I had a mishap. So you know how it's called hot oil treatment? I thought I was supposed to microwave it. <laughs> what, is that what you're meant to do? No, you're supposed to obviously decant the oil into like a little plastic bottle and just like place it in some warm water. I didn't know that. So I literally microwaved it and then put like burning hot oil on my scalp. <laughs> and I was somehow surprised that it was really hot. <laughs> And I was just doing it like, this doesn't feel right. Like, why is it so hot? 
you're not supposed to put it in the microwave you're supposed to put it in like some warm water like make a look make a little bath but I was just like I'm here now so I just kept putting this like really really hot oil like it was so you probably could have fried an egg with it if we if we're gonna talk about eggs <laughs> too soon Sammy's too soon <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry I thought that was a good transition but um it it did work I think like it's supposed to like moisturize the roots or also I don't know what it's even supposed to do it's just people say do hot oil treatments and I'm like she said it must work yeah. half of the time I don't know what these things are supposed to do but I do them anyways and if I think like my hair looks better after I'm like cool I might try this again it's just funny because YouTubers make it all look so easy and so simple and then we try and do it and it's never that easy or that simple they they actually lie like they recommend so many products and I'm like okay you're recommending these products and you use these products but you have type three hair you have loose curls and and long hair and you have eurocentric you have europe in you blood in you so your hair is different to my hair so come here rec- recommending products for me because your hair and my hair is different i got kinks and coils and it's afro so you say oh yeah just use this and you should get this it's not gonna work for me fam why are you forcing it why are you forcing it Literally everyone on YouTube is trying to claim 4C hair, but if you can use herbal essences on your hair, it's not 4C. I don't know when this became trendy. It's not, it's not, it's so, it's not. And it's, it's actually triggering. I feel cheated. Like when they put, ah, this is going to be a YouTube tutorial for 4C hair. I'm like, okay, sis, come through. Show me what to do. Get halfway through the video. Fam, you're coming at me with your 2C hair. With your, with your loose curls and you want to put four, like again when did it become a trend to be like let me put 4c in there get some more views because i know them girls them out there with like the four type four hair struggle so let me chuck the little number four in there just to cheat you your hair and my hair is not the same why are you lying why why are you lying why are you lying <laughs> it's literally false advertising i can't stand it and they'll get their views and get their adverts and get their money and they're lying to the people i can't stand it because you then go they'll and get my view and it didn't even work for me but they'll get my view my view will count from me being cheated and it's also just like it's not even just your view you go and then spend your time and your money and you try and recreate this look and then it also doesn't work i've invested i have taken money out of my overdraft to create this look and it didn't work and you knew it wasn't going to work and i'm not okay with that Mm-mm. you know there's there's one look for me that will never work i've tried it so many times with loads of different products i've done what they've said in the videos the vlogs every wash and go i've ever attempted has ended up like a wash and no every single one (laughs) no i'm convinced a wash and go is a myth because not once has that ever even come out close to the way it looks on youtube it's a it's a lie it's a lie and i've fully seen videos where they, they take you from the washing stage and the shampooing all the way to the very and they're like yeah you just have to put loads of curl cream and you know run your fingers finger tangle and just put loads of gel first of all do you know how expensive gel is you think i'm gonna use half a tub of gel in my hair you're mad and they're like yeah just keep putting loads of gel and you know it will just solidify the curls i'll be doing that for the longest time five minutes go by afro puff puff what wash and go fam what wash and go where are you seeing any defined curls where where and what upsets me about my hair yeah when it's wet it's like long and then over the course of the day it just shrinks and it's just this tight it's not even like an afro it's just this tight bunch of like flat curls just stuck to my head and that's not what a wash and go is meant to be 
it's it's a lie. It's 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 really just like a moisturized afro. That's all it is. It's an afro with loads of product in it with loads of gel. Not that it does anything. Not that it does anything. It's not the one for me. You will not catch me rocking a wash and go anytime soon. Just everything everything around gel. Oh yeah, use use this kind of gel. That kind of gel works. What's it? The the eco styler. Yeah, it will lay your curls flat. No fam, my hair literally fights against it. It was like, oh, you want to use that? No matter how much gel I use on my hair, fam, I could use scoopfuls, five scoopfuls on my hair. You think, oh yeah, lay it down, brush it. You can use head tie. Wait five minutes. That curl, ping, ping. Let me tell you, I have used about seven or eight different edge control gels and not a single one has laid down a single hair in my edges. And my edges are not even like... They're not even thriving. Like they are literally snatched off of my head and the same gel couldn't even stick them down. <laughs> what what are laid edges? What are snatched edges? I don't know. These words don't mean anything to me because I've never experienced it. No, no entiendo. Don't understand. Will what? never be me by the looks of it. <laughs> the amount of recommendation. I'm like, I'm not trying to spend more money on gel and like edge control. That's not going to work. My edges don't want to be controlled. Simple as. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to be controlled. Do you know what though? I love I love my natural hair, but every now and then I'm like, should I try and mix it up? Should I do something a little different? Should I do it? And then I'm like, actually, no, that's too much effort, and I just keep my natural hair. But I low-key want to be a bit more adventurous. I'm like, for once, I just for once just can't. I want to have those laid snatch edges with the little the little brush forward and back. Like for once, just work for me. And my hair says no, not today. <laughs> The patterns that they do with their edges, like the full on, they've done the Nike tick swoosh thing. And I can never I get one to just stick to my forehead, let alone a swoosh. <laughs> the whole, yeah, the swoosh. Nah, I don't know what that, I don't know what that is. Never heard of it. Never seen that. Never tasted that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so the whole relaxer is is a big thing now, but obviously you've never had your hair relaxer. I'll I'll try and like get through this as quickly as possible. But yeah, literally anytime there was an inch of new growth with my hair, so like the curly roots coming out, my mom would be like, Time to get your hair relaxed. So this would probably happen like every six months a year, twice a year from I don't know, maybe the age of I can't remember how young I was when I first got my hair relaxed. Mm. Let me see, seven, eight, nine, ten. What? Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere within those years. I don't know. That's a very big gap. Maybe, maybe it was like, it was definitely primary school. Okay. It was definitely primary school, like the late, later half of primary school. But anyways, yeah. Um, so yeah, twice, at least twice a year, I was getting my hair relaxed. And I genuinely used to look forward to it as a, as a child like as painful as it was and just anyone who doesn't know about relaxers you literally have to like mix these chemicals together and it it's almost like this really thick cream and you literally have to like put it on the roots so literally on your scalp like on the roots and it it burns like it actually burns but for some reason I would look forward to it because after my hair was relaxed it was like dead straight it was shiny and it was long like you could see my length because obviously I'm putting chemicals in my hair to to change the, um, what's the word? To curl change texture, curl pattern. Yes, exactly. Yes, to change the curl pattern and literally straighten it. So, yeah, long term, it does do a lot of damage because you're literally 
chemically changing your curl pattern. But at the time, I didn't see it as that. Like, I didn't even know what it was. I, I just thought, like, everyone got their hair relaxed. And obviously, if my mum was doing it, I was like, yeah, of course it's fine. But yeah, afterwards, my hair would be, like, dead straight so you could see the length. I was like, I told, I told y'all my hair was, I told y'all. And now I could actually see it. And I'd be like, look at my hair around. I was like, all oh, you man who think I don't have long hair, look at me now. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, getting older, I, I actually used to hate when I would see the regrowth of my hair because see two textures are so impossible to manage so like the roots would be curly but then the rest would be long and I, I just always hated that so literally anytime there was an inch of growth I was like have to get relaxed um and I just didn't think it, it would look nice so it got to the point where I was like pestering my mum to relax my hair and now looking back on it it's so wild because there are so many like harmful chemicals in relaxers and we were regularly putting that on our hair from such a young age um and now that there's like more research done into it like people are saying it can affect like growth hormones at different times of hormones in the body and like mm-hmm. other health issues, um, which isn't surprising. And the way they would make it seem as if, you know, there's chemicals for adults and then, you know, the hair chemicals for little kids and they'd call it like dark That's and lovely. lovely. And, like, <laughs> it still burns. Well, it's so bad. The boxes were so cute and actually they're selling you chemicals that are going to damage you literally the the boxes were so cute they were pink and green had little alphabets and like girls with really cute hair and like hair bubbles i was like i want to be that girl on the box and that's that's exactly what their aim is is to make you think that you need this product so you're constantly spending this 10 pounds on these chemicals that literally burning my head like my mom would be like let me know when it starts burning and from the second she put it on i was like it's burning but i was sitting there through the pain because i was like after my hair is going to be so shiny and nice but it was yeah for me it was just like a standard part of the black girl experience which now looking at you who've never had your hair relaxed I'm like well that could have been me (laughs) no it's interesting though because I think especially back in the day it's just what black women did like it wasn't you didn't even think about it it's just you relax your hair your mum relaxed her hair you relaxed your kids hair that's just what people did because even my mum and my sister occasionally relaxed their hair and I think it was only when I came around um and times have kind of changed when they were like, we're not going to do that with you. But it was just what people did. You just didn't think about it. You're like, yeah, let's grab for the relaxer. It makes our hair easier to manage. And it's only now that we're kind of talking about natural hair and learning how to look after our hair that people are kind of putting the relaxer down. Yeah. And I think the key part of it was that it would make your hair easier to manage. Like, yes, there was this whole sort of Eurocentric straight of hair kind of vibe. But that was, if anything, a little bit earlier than us. But it was more just like curly natural kinky hair is very very difficult and that's very very sense to manage so at least by having it a bit straighter that sort of makes the job easier for my mom or whoever was doing my hair but it was so mad because I look at pictures of like me as like a baby or a toddler and I had such cute hair like the two puffs the mini mouse look that was my go-to and I was like come through baby Samira come through and then I was just like at what point did it get like right this is no longer manageable maybe we should start doing this or even if it it might not have even been a thought process because as you said it was just like it was just like what black women did there yeah exactly so I don't think it was even a thought process it was just like yeah cool let's grab the relaxer let's do that your hair's easy to manage cool everyone saves some time and saves some hassle and that was that really Mm. but yeah but I think less and less people are relaxing their hair nowadays and a lot more people are doing the big chop and cutting off all their damaged hair or they're transitioning instead of like running away from every kink and curl and running towards that relaxer which is so good but I think the natural hair movement was a big part of that so 
that started in the 1960s in America, kind of with the Black Liberation Movement and the Black Panthers, and everyone was rocking their afros. But then that kind of died down for a while. But then in the last 10 to 15 years, there's kind of been a resurgence of that. And I think also a big part of it is people kind of educating themselves on their hair. Because like you said, a big part of why people reached for the relax was because it was difficult to manage. They didn't know exactly what to do or how to look after it. So now that there is a lot more information out there on how to look after our hair, people are being like, you know what, actually I can do this. Let me go on YouTube. Let me figure out what curl pattern I have. Let me find out what products I can use on my hair and let me learn to love my natural hair, which I think is amazing. Yeah, I think that's so true. And what's great is that I know that you focused on this a little bit during your dissertation because I remember you sent me some stuff to like read and I was like proofread. I was like, okay, girl. Yes, I did. I was like, I'm going to talk about my hair today. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. And what's mad is like recently I watched a documentary on like um, about the Black Power, Black Power, Black Panther organization. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that sort of pride in the 60s of like their Afro hair, like pride in being black and I'm not going to dull it down for anyone. And I think just throughout history, we have gone through like loads of stages of, okay, I'm going to wear my natural black hair and then, okay, maybe I should like lessen it down for society or it's just more manageable this way. And obviously there are so many different reasons why people um, do certain things with their hair. But yeah, much like you, um, my go-to is just like always braids. Again, like I had it all throughout school and it wasn't until I got a bit older. So I want to say year 10, 11, that I started spending more time on social media and I started to see the natural hair movement for myself. So I would see like loads of influences with natural hair, natural hair videos, like YouTube tutorials. It was almost as if at one point, like everyone decided to do big chop. And so all I was seeing was big chop, big chop, big chop, natural hair, natural hair, natural hair, transitioning and all this business. And again, I think just seeing videos and images of other black women embracing their natural hair, but also like, taking you through their journey on how they're going from like relaxed to natural and then again the different products they're using because I think before that like I always had my mum or my sister do my hair so it was a process of me also having my own journey whilst watching people have their own journey and like learning what things are good for my hair what isn't good and it was just like coconut coconut oil just blew up (laughs) I was like cool I need to I need to just start ingesting coconut oil because that will help my hair like length everything (laughs) Honestly, coconut oil, I still swear by it. It's the best thing. (laughs) But it is, I think you're completely right though, because I think one of the biggest issues was a lack of representation of natural hair in the media. When you're not seeing people that look like you and have hair like you, it makes you think, okay, well, I can't have my hair like that then. Um, So I think we're so lucky that we've grown up with YouTube and with all this information so we can just go and Google things because back in the day they didn't have all of that and even it's it even goes further than that because I remember my mum saying like when she was a lot younger there was only one hair grease for black hair so everyone who was black or of color who didn't have straight hair had to go for this one product because that's all that there was and if it didn't work for your hair it didn't work for your hair so we're so lucky that there is a lot more information out there and lucky that people are fully documenting their journeys as well because then it makes us think okay well we can do that too definitely that's i'm even just thinking like wow there was one type of grease the black hair because it's mad because walking into packs even though i said i rebuke this place now and i probably will not go back maybe we'll see how things go no we're not (laughs) yeah black owned businesses black owned businesses they do exist um but yeah the fact that you can go to like a a store now like a black 
hair store and there is range there's about a hundred different types of grease a hundred different types of conditioners oil based water based this and we just have so much range now that it's almost mad to think that you know like back then not even too long ago there was like one like okay you guys are marginal small you can do with like that one grit and it's like no do you not see the different types of hair going on here like give me range give me range and you know what's mad about that i use more than one product in my own hair so imagine there's only one product that you can use that all of these women can use imagine yeah exactly and i don't even just use like one one like company or one brand it's a whole bunch so imagine even if you just had one brand and they gave you like shampoo conditioner leave-in grease whatever even that might not even work for you that one brand alone like sometimes i'm using shampoo from this person conditioner from that person leave-in from this but it's it's mad but like the hair wants what it wants like i to this day i'm still learning but it just wants what it wants but i think before I used to avoid doing my own hair and like having it natural because I didn't know how to do my own hair. But now like I think, yeah, again, when I was like 15, 16, I was seeing people literally showing me and teaching me how to do my hair. So I took it upon myself to go natural. And like, I was like, wow, it, like, are you sure? She was like, this is, this is a big move. Like you, you go natural. Like I'm not doing your hair because it's bad difficult. She was like, you, you're on your own. Um, but yeah, I literally took that upon myself and I was like, no, like it's, it's part of who I am. And you know, my mom's not going to be around to do my hair forever. So it's about time. Like I started to learn and because I was making that transition myself, it was part of my journey. So I was spent a lot of time on YouTube and on Instagram, just learning how to love and to manage my hair. I was so proud of you for doing that. Cause it is a big change. Cause you kind of get used to the ease of having straighter hair and then it's suddenly so difficult, but it's such a good thing to do, but it's just so handy. Like you said, just seeing people with your hair type doing their hair and making it look easy and enjoying the process, which I think is such a big part of it because doing our hair can be seen as a chore because it's long. But when you see these people actually loving their hair and finding the right product, so it's not actually a hassle, it gives you the confidence to go, okay, I'm going to try that too. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Whereas before I used to see it as a chore, like, oh I know I've got to set aside the whole day like I can't do anything today because I know I'm getting my hair done or yeah literally with braids where it just takes so long I'm like cool it's just an hour it's just hours I'm gonna have to spend like sat on a chair my bum's gonna go numb but it's just something I have to do so a lot of it I associated with like I don't know pain or discomfort even but the fact that some people were enjoying this process and again they were learning along the way so it's no one came to it like oh I'm an expert but people to this day, like even YouTubers who have been having their channels and doing like natural hair journeys for the longest time are still learning different things about their hair. Um, but yeah, with, with transitioning, like there are two typical ways to do it. So you can either go for the big chop, whereas like you literally cut all of your hair off. So the damaged, relaxed, chemicalized bit, you're literally cutting it all off and you're just starting from, you're literally just starting from the beginning, like roots up. And then there's transitioning where you just let your hair grow out and you don't keep relaxing it, which is what I did. So like I would let my hair grow out and then sort of like trim, just like cut it a bit. So I was slowly getting rid of the relaxed end. But sometimes I look back and I'm like, damn, maybe I should have just done the big chop because at least I would have gone from like, I think for me it was more just going from like zero to a hundred 
Like yeah. I'd never had short hair before. I was like, will short hair suit me? And like just going straight from relaxed to, to the other one, moving a bit mad. And I, it was just, I don't, I just didn't know how I'd look with short hair and all that business. So I was like, I'll transition. But the thing with that, in hindsight, I'm like, why in the world did you transition? Because now I had two textures in my hair or like more than two textures. So you've got the straight bit, which is the end. So the bottom half is straight. And then from the roots where my scalp is already sensitive and now I've got like curly, kinky hair growing out of it. It was just the same things did not work because this texture is different to this texture. So the cream you put on this bit is not going to have the same effect that it has on this bit. And it was just like oh, any so style you wanted to do because the roots were already like afro-y and curly. Any, even if you try to straighten it, the ends will be straight. The roots will still be afro and curly. So it was just like, I played myself. I played myself. No, that's so long. Especially because one texture is already like hard enough to deal with. So times in that by two, nah. <laughs> that's what? not I don't know how you did that. I genuinely I, did that. Yeah. Looking back, I was like mad. I was doing... I was learning to do my own hair for the first time and already dealing with two sections. Like, why did I give myself added work? But we moved. I made it through. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But um, here, we are here for the natural hair. The black girl magic movement came out in full force. And that's what did it for me. It was seeing all of these videos and pictures and stuff was great. And all this content was great. But it was the fact that people were coining black girl magic. Like, your hair is magical it's beautiful it's amazing like it, and that's that's what did it for me like oh i started to feel pride in having my natural hair and i was like i can do this i want to be part of black girl magic too um so it was just it was just such a great time and i was like eyes are open i'm ready to commit to this journey i feel that especially because when i was in school like i said i never relaxed my hair or even really straightened it so when i was in school i was always looking like life would be so much easier if my hair was straight and i always was like mom can i show my hair and she's like no I was like mom please can i show my hair and she's like no which i get now was for the best but at the time i was just like i want my hair to be like becky's um but <laughs> but yeah seeing the black girl magic movement trending and just spreading worldwide made me actually stop and think actually no i love my hair my hair defies gravity does your hair defy gravity becky no it does not can you say that no, you can't. <laughs> exactly. I'm dead. Right. The natural versus other styles. So th- this is literally just for anyone who's ever asked questions about what style is this? Oh, is that weave? Is that extension? Is that weaves? <laughs> weaves. <laughs> Stop it. <sighs> <laughs> we <laughs> I'm sorry, you don't know the difference. So we're here. We're here. We're here. And it's more cause more times. I just don't want these questions. You get me? Um so nat- natural hair is literally the hair as it grows out of my head naturally. Simple. The kinks, the coils, the curl pattern, the afro, all of that business. But the thing with me, yeah, I'm so I'm so hot and cold when it comes to my hair. So when my hair is natural and out, I'm like, I want braids. Like, this is, this is hard work. I want braids. I want hashtag braids gang where I can just roll out of bed and my hair is done. I don't have to worry. But then when I get braids and I get a bit tired of them, like maybe a month will go by and I'm like, I'm bored of it. Like, they're getting messy. I, I want my natural hair out. That way I can do loads of cool styles. And I've just seen this slick style and people are doing space buns. Like, I want, I get bored so quickly through alternating between the two. My hair's out. I'm like, I want braids. When my hair's in braids, I'm like, oh, but natural styles though. 
I'm literally exactly the same. As soon as I have my natural hair, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this twist out. I'm going to do that look. I do like two of those. And then I'm like, I want my braids back. I'm bored now. Yeah. It's always when you see one look, one look that bangs and you're like, oh, I want to do that. Take my braids up. <laughs> and then you deep, but you just have to go and do your hair every couple of days. And at least with braids, you can just leave them in. But yeah, that brings us nicely onto braids. So they are extensions. So it's synthetic hair that's plaited into your natural hair. So it adds length and it protects your hair and you can keep them in for time and it looks bomb and you can have different colours and different styles. And it's just, it's, I think that will always be my go-to. It's, it's such a look and yeah, it's, it's protective. People just think, oh yeah, we're doing it to look like, it looks fine. Yeah, but it's more like our natural hair is being tucked into the braid so like it's protected against you know heat cold all kinds of different elements that would like naturally damage our natural hair but braid braids is literally the best as i say you can just roll out of bed my hair's done it's a look and i swear i feel even more confident when i when i have my braids in i'm like i know i'm paying i know i'm no one can tell me different i just look better i'm like maybe even my skin is clearer when i have braids there's just something about it there's just something about it because again do you know what there might actually be thoughts of this because because i'm not having to put as much product and oil and stuff in my hair like it's not that kind of stuff isn't like seeping down onto my face whatever reason i know i look paying in braids like braids are the go-to it's a look mm-hmm. and the first couple of weeks when it's fresh it's always just like staying out in singles for me like i don't style it again it's still very tender that first night when you have to go to yeah. sleep after getting your braids done <laughs> you don't sleep you don't sleep you know when you it's just like your head. pat to your head because you can't itch it, but you're just trying to pat, stop the pain. Exactly, you can't itch, so you start patting it, but like, you don't, your head isn't even on the pillow. It's more like your head is just floating on the pillow because you don't want to apply too much pressure. It's hovering. Did you know that some people take like paracetamol before bed for braids? What? No. I know. I oh feel like God. I missed out. Feel on some cheat mode thing. Wow. Honestly, it was like the, the pain was part of the process. The yeah, part of the process. it's character building. <laughs> character building, I love that. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, like the first couple of weeks, I'm literally just enjoying it out single. And then when, as it gets a little bit older and a bit more looser, then I'll start doing like buns and updos and all that kind of stuff. But where it's like fresh in, it's like very much on your scalp and doesn't want to move too much. Yeah, but they are fully just the gift that keeps on giving. Like, like you said, it's protective. It saves you time every day because you don't have to do anything. You can play around with the length and the colours and the styles because it is, even though it's one hairstyle, there are so many hairstyles within the hairstyle. Do you see? So you can like fully change up your look every single day without having to spend time on it. And it's cheap. To get my full head of hair done, to buy those extensions would usually cost me under a tenner and I'd be good. Like it doesn't break the bank at all. Oh, you're a tenner. So that must be like two, two, three packets for you. with mine. I think because I always like, like mine really long. So most of the time my sister will like cut it in two, like three, but maybe like two. And I like it really long. So that's like five packets. But again, it's still not breaking the bank, like 20 pounds maximum. Mm-hmm. Max. Sometimes if you want a color, like the color is a bit more, slightly more expensive, but it's cheap. And I will keep that in for time. I know it's really bad. You're not supposed to keep it in for like more than six weeks, but who? I don't have that kind of time. I don't have that kind of time. Like, who's gonna for as long as I need it, it's going to stay in. I'll wash it, but it's going to stay in. Yeah. I'm not going to do my hair any sooner than I absolutely have to when it already looks good and it's protected. Who do you think I am? Come on now. Come no. on. Okay. Wigs. So your natural hair is like 
Conroad, Conroad. I can't even remember how yeah, I say yeah. it. I think I say Conroad. No, you because don't. Because I'm Sardinian. No, you, you don't. Conroad. You're wrong. Cameroon. Wow. This is like a plantain, plantain situation. We don't need to get into that right now. Do you know what? Let me because <laughs> I was just you're even getting triggered already. You're even getting triggered already. So we're just gonna move on swiftly. Breath, yeah. Underneath your hair is plaited <laughs> under the wig, and then it's a wig. It's a whole head of wig in different styles, length, different textures. It's not the same as weave, by the wig and weave are not the same. So don't because weave is like hair pieces, and you can either attach them, you can either sew them in. Or you can get like a little cap and then like have them glued. But a wig is like a wig is a wig. I just guess with a with a wig you can like take it on, put it on, take it off every day. With a weave, you tend to have it attached to your hair. So it just stays with you 24-7. It stays with you and then your hair is still growing underneath. So sometimes <laughs> that weave will start lifting up and you're like, oh sis, that needs to come out. It really just gives it away. <laughs> you do not want to be keeping that in for too long but I never thought that I was a wig person but I can't lie the wig game has really leveled up recently and I could see myself rocking a blue wig or a purple wig I'm not gonna lie to you I'm not going to lie to you I can I do it you would look so good with a blue wig like we need to make this happen and I feel like as if when I was younger, there was a stigma around like wigs and wig wearers. So I was always used to be afraid about them flying off. Like what if the wind changes and the wig just goes? I can't, I can't be one of those people chasing a wig down the street. Your reputation would just be done. Mm -mm. You'll be done. (laughs) What can you do? But literally, but I think just seeing like more black women do so like so many creative things with wigs like diet themselves do ombres those different colors and i'm like that could be that could be me but speaking of wigs flying off um so my friend a couple years ago me and my friends uh we went on like a girls trip there were guys as well but like it was basically our girls trip we went to portugal and us girls decided to go to a water park um and we were in one of those slides where it was like two the double inflatable so you could go in pairs and so me and my friend were like on this inflatable like on on the slide and we got into a tunnel and her wig came off nah. inside the tunnel of the <laughs> we were inside the tunnel of the slide yeah. and her wig came off and me I was just enjoying the ride like woo and all I could hear her go she was scrambling in the, in the water like my wig my wig and I was like oh my I looked up and she was just like bald-headed and I was like what the fuck no no I could not stop laughing and the thing is like the water was obviously pushing us and she was still scrambling around for her wig and I was like this tunnel is an intersection so someone's gonna come out and like probably knock into us she managed to find her wig in the water somehow and she held onto it for dear life and when we emerged from the slide like where the end of the ride was that's, there was like a railing and there was just a whole queue of people there queuing for the slide. So she came out just clutching this wet wig, which looked like a dead animal in her hand. And obviously like her bald head just like called it. <laughs> How do you come back from that? Like, I, I was not a great friend in that moment because I was just laughing. I was laughing so hard. And then our other two friends, they were just right behind us. So they come out of the ride and we're just stood at the bottom of the side and they just look up and see 
her bald head clutching this wig and they just start cracking up and the thing is everyone else just started like cracking up a lot even the little portuguese kids were laughing no <laughs> no she needs some new friends you did her dirty where was the support when she needed it oh my gosh it was just because the thing is she had a headband like around her head with the wig as well and i was like oh, so she fully tried I was like maybe put the headband on just to like make it I said, I'm such an op for this, but I was like, put the headband on to make it look cute just until we can get to the bathroom and you can fix the wig. No, you're rude. You're rude. <laughs> and I think the headband just exacerbated the fact that there was no longer a wig on her bald head. I'm so sorry. But I had to t- After that, she sewed the wig down. For the rest of the holiday, she sewed the wig down. But that, I probably haven't laughed that hard in such a long time. Like, oh my, my wig! It was hilarious. It was hilarious. That is why I'm scared of getting wigs because that could never be me. I'm not running around Portugal with little kids laughing at my head. No, no, thank you. It's just they all knew because when they saw her go into the ride with long hair, and then she came out, it was just like in her hand. Like a before and after, but backwards. That's not how it's meant to go. Literally, literally, literally. But no, she's going to be listening to this and just laughing her ass off because it was so funny. But Listen, if you catch me in a wig and it's slayed and it's got the colours, the ombre, everything, the curls, you cannot chat to me. I will be on other levels. I don't know why, but I just find it so bougie when people have just like a perfectly laid lace wig front or you can't see nothing. Where's the line? You can't, you can't see it. You can't see it because it's laid so well. And I just love that it's become a form of creativity and self-expression for black women. I love it. Yeah, me too. I'm going to be the exact same. When I get a wig one day because I'm going to manifest it, I'm going to be flipping that wig every chance I get. You know when women get engaged and they have the ring and they're suddenly just like flaunt in their hand? That will be me with my wig. I will elevate my game. I need to get my nails done. I need to get my eyelashes done too. I'm just going to have to step the whole game up. Every motive, I will be there just to stunt. You see, this is the yeah. annoying thing because I want to do something dramatic. I want to get a wig, but I'm also not trying to spend a few hundred for it not to suit me. Do you see my problem? But one day I'll be rocking a wig. And it reminds me because a few months ago, it's actually not even funny. A few months ago, I found this perfect wig, found it on Instagram, did my research. I was like, I made my inquiries. I was going to get this wig. I told my mum about it. And she was like, that's such a nice wig. I love that wig. That would really suit you. Anyway, two twos. My mum comes home with the same wig for her. I was like, oh. what? huh so you went and you went and got my wig for you and you're gonna you're gonna wear it in front of me okay that's that's what we're gonna do now mm-hmm. do you know what though i can't even be sorry because it looks so good on her but i was just like wow you're really gonna yes <laughs> mad i remember you sent me the picture of the wig and then when i saw your mum and i was like damn your mum's hair looks laid I was like, where'd she get this from? And you were like, it was the wig I showed you. Yeah, it was my wig. She stole my wig. <laughs> like, that's how people are moving when wigs are in the situation. But it looks good on her. I can't even blame her. It looks banging. And when I, that will be, when I get that, oh my goodness, Ivy, the bob. I'm going to have so many. I've already decided. I have to get one which is like a natural colour, but it's a bob. It's going to be like, where it just, you know, Edna Mode. When you just shift yes. and it just, you. I want that bob. And then I'm going to have like, I saw a purple one today and I'm like, fam, that has to be me. And you're right. You can't have the wig without getting the lashes and the nail. That's not even me, but it will be me. It will be me. It's a full package. You have to commit. It's a package. It will. One, when, again, when you see me, face your front, innit? 
do you know what? There have been so many years of black women being told they can't wear certain colours. It's not natural. All those colours won't suit you because you're black and you can't have blonde hair. If you're... Shut your rascal mouth. Because, do you know what? This same thing made me afraid to get coloured braids. And I guess I made this, like, sort of transition. So when my hair is, like, naturally, like, brown, I started off by first getting, like, um, like a lighter brown mixing with my braids. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And then I started going for red. But you could kind of tell there was a colour in there, but, like, not too much and then I was just started progressing and when I was in Sierra Leone I was getting my hair done I was like I want pink braids and I'm not just talking about like a nice pink I went for like pink pink and I was like yes and then when she did it for the first time because I'd never seen such like a mad color in my hair I was like oh my goodness I don't like it like it looks really weird but then it was just it just took me like a couple days of getting used to it and I was like this bangs and I had that hair for time I was like this pink it's a look it's a look my favourite thing about that was you would fully colour coordinate your outfits with your hair and it was just such a vibe. Everything. Like that, so many pictures where I was like pink, pink. And I did that eyeshadow, pink eye. Yeah. Bam, it was a look. It was a look. That one is going to have to see me again. Yeah, after, oh, after all of this corona time, you're going to need to pull the pink braids back out. Yeah. Also, note to people, don't ask if it's my hair or my real hair. I bought it. I paid for it. It's on my head. So it's my hair. Don't worry about that. Face your front, G. Face your front. Because you don't ask Karen 101 questions about her blonde super drug clippings. So let me be. Ooh, you're going to come for Karen like that. Okay. I'm going to come for Karen and those cheap clippings. Don't worry, fam. It's mine. It's on my head. Don't you worry. Face your front. It's true, though. It upsets me when people touch my braids and they're like, is this yours? It's literally on my head. It's plaited in with my hair. Who else could it possibly belong to? You know? Ooh. Please tell me. Ooh. People are actually... <laughs> and it's not even... Do you know what? It's funny because they're not even just thinking this. It's the fact that they will go up to you and be like, so, is it yours? Does that belong to you? Keep it, keep it inside. Like, fam, you are looking at my neon pink braids and asking me if it's mine. What do you think? <laughs> Do you think that there is just one patch of my hair that produces neon pink? Yeah, it's cool. Mutation and that. Mm-hmm. Come on. People are too much. But I just have to say, as much as I love our hair and the fact that we can do an infinite number of styles with it, I cannot stand the fact that people feel like they have the right to touch it. At the end of the day, I'm not a dog, don't pet me. And it's so annoying because these situations are so difficult to navigate because you, often, you know it's not malicious, like it's not coming from a bad place. Often they think our hair is cool, but it makes a lot of us feel uncomfortable. And it's kind of like when you go to a zoo and you're like, oh, what is that? I just want to touch that. It's, it's the same energy. Um, and it's also annoying because some black people don't mind when you touch their hair. But if you ask, you will find that out. You know, I just don't get the whole entitlement thing. Don't touch my hair. It's the feelings Everyone, go listen to that Solange song. Go because don't don't touch my. It's the feelings I wear. She's like, don't touch my soul. It's more as we were saying. It's more than just our hair. Like you're really invading my space. You're invading my culture. Yeah. First of all, ask. Ask and maybe you shall receive. Maybe you won't, but ask. Again, this entitlement to my space, my private space. Do you know what? It's, it's offensive. It's dehumanizing to touch someone's hair unprovoked. 
And do you know what? Normally it's always followed by some kind of ignorant statement. Let's be honest. Most of the times they touch your hair. They might even ask, but before they've even, before you've even given the answer, hands are already on your hair. And it's followed by some kind of ignorant say, oh, what are these? These are nice. How did you get me? Something's just stupidly, blatantly ignorant. And as you said, it's so difficult to balance when to speak up and when to let it go. And it's a, it's a constant struggle that like black people just go through on a day. Like I have done that. It's like, oh my goodness, this has happened again because for them, it might just be like, oh, you're the first black person I've met. I really want to touch your hair. But for me, like, it's happened to me so many times where I've had to go through this and I, I don't like it. So sometimes you're just like, no, you want to put your foot down. Like, no, you can't touch my hair. Other times you're just like, oh, I just don't have the energy to fight it. But yeah, as you said, it might not be a big deal to the oppressor, the person who's doing it, but it's a big deal to me. And I feel like if I'm letting it go, then essentially I'm saying like, oh, what you did was okay. You can go ahead and do that to someone else when it was actually offensive. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when I, when I don't make a big fuss out about it, I'm like, oh, are they just going to think it's okay to do that to someone else? Um, but sometimes like, okay, let's say I've just got my hair done or like fresh braids. Or actually when I went to Australia recently, I got faux locks in for the first time mm-hmm. and I was just so conscious of it. And sometimes I feel as if I'm like, in attack mode when it comes to my hair because it's all it's so normal for me to like expect someone to reach out and touch it or feel like I'm being unreasonable for getting annoyed and irritated about it but there was literally this one time where I was yeah I was in Australia we sat in like a cafe and I was like just talking to my friend and we were like eating and from the my peripheral vision so from the side of my eye I could see this this white man like walking towards me and already I was like tensing myself up like this guy's gonna touch my hair let's get ready to go I'm no, I was ready to swerve and everything. I was ready to go. And then he like comes close and he's like, just wanted to say your hair is really nice in Australian accent. And I'm like, oh, oh. it's really sweet. He, he was like an older, probably like 60, late 60s, 70s. And he was just like, your hair looks beautiful. I just wanted to say. And then he went away and I was just like, phew. It was like, it was almost like a siren. I was like, thank you but I felt like something else was coming as if like I was gonna see a hand come out but he didn't and I was like it's mad that I'm already thinking that and like going into panic mode and already having to like get ready for some kind of duel but it's because it happens so often that's the thing exactly and I think annoyingly we become really hypersensitive because we just know at some point in the day someone's hand is going to end up in our hair and for me it happens most when my hair is in like a twist out or when it's out and with those hairstyles, they take time and energy and effort to get your curls on point, to get that twist out on point. It takes time. So to have someone's hand all up in that, messing up my curls, no, thank you. Keep your dirty hands to yourself. No, no. Mm-mm. Exactly. And do you know what? What is it with drunk people and touching hair? It's like, it's already a struggle. I'm already like on my guard with, with when my hair is out and I'm worried about people touching it. But drunk people just find a way to kick it to the next level. Like, there is no getting through. They're just like, I'm going to touch it. I'm coming in. I'm going to touch Why? Please, make it make sense. Sometimes I really wish social distancing applied in the nightclub so that every Tom, Dick and Harry couldn't just grab my hair because you know it's going to happen at some point in the night. I don't get why alcohol makes people just lunge for your head. It's so mad. And I remember a specific time. Again, no, I was in I was in New Zealand this time. Um, and this guy I met, we were just like chatting in the hostel or whatever. 
um yeah just having a chat and this drunk girl walks in like out of nowhere and she was absolutely smashed and she just walks up to us and she's like saying all these really inappropriate things and you know making like weird assumptions about us whatever and she literally just like reached up and like touched my my hair so obviously i had faux locks in at the time she's like proper paid them like oh my god your hair is so good and like proper tugging at this and i like in that moment when i say my body tense up like i was ready to swing for this girl like i knew she was drunk but I just felt so violated. Anyway, she like en- ended up like wandering off somewhere. And the guy who I was with, he was like, oh, I can tell that made you like really uncomfortable. You seem like really pissed. And I was like, yeah, because it literally happens all the time. And I freaking hate people touching my hair. And he went, yeah, but you know, she's drunk. She didn't mean anything by it. And I was just like, okay, so you obviously noticed that I was uncomfortable and that was an uncomfortable situation. But here you are like making excuses saying, oh, but she didn't mean anything by it. Like instantly invalidating my feelings and I felt like I was being gaslit because you can obviously see that's an uncomfortable situation for me and I've expressed that it's an uncomfortable situation but you're like oh but you know she gets a free pass because she's drunk you know and it's no because it happens to me so often so why should I let that go yeah and I think that is a big reason why a lot of us don't say anything when people touch our hair because you know there's going to be excuses or there's that back chat there's that debate or oh, I just thought your hair looked really cool so I just wanted to touch it and it's like I don't care if you thought my hair looked really cool you don't just have permission to put your hand in my hair if I haven't given it to you but that part of the conversation is so frustrating because you then have to defend yourself and explain why you should be entitled to some privacy yeah and I think the one time where this went in the opposite direction was at uni we were just at a bar with my friends and yeah I was ordering a drink at the bar and this again another drunk guy was started like stroking my hair I had braids at the time and he was like behind me and just started stroking my hair and I could feel someone tugging my hair and I literally turned around and I was like what the fuck and he was just like your hair is so cool whatever and I was so pissed but again I didn't want to make a scene so I didn't do anything and I went back to the table with my friends and I was like I was like, this guy was literally like stroking my hair when I was over at the bar and it made me feel like super uncomfortable. And my friend was like, did that, so you felt uncomfortable, like he violated your space. And I was like, yeah, it was just like so horrible, but I didn't want to make a scene. And then my friend was a guy literally like got up, walked back to the bar and confronted the dude. And he was like, dude, like in future, it's not okay for you. Like it's okay for you to compliment someone's hair, but in future you should never put your hands on someone. You should never, you know, invade someone's space and touch their hair unless they give you permission. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, I, I felt heard, like, I felt like someone had heard what I was saying, saw how I felt, and was, like, doing something about it, because for me, I was in that, do I do something, do I not, am I just gonna look like I'm making a fuss, but the fact that my friend saw that, like, I wasn't okay, and again, made my feelings feel valid, and, like, went up and dealt with it, I appreciate that so much from him, and I was, like, you're a real G, like, because you have my back in that situation, instead of, like, making up excuses, and he was, like, do like in future don't do that and he was like proper stern with it as well I was like thank you like thank you so much like that is how you be an ally like use your privilege for good you know take notes people because if you can see that someone is uncomfortable and that they've been in that situation over and over again where they have to like try and duck and move out of the way from hands, and you can say something you can make that situation so much easier be an ally yeah a hundred percent and when I, I after that I was like I know you're like a friend friend, like you're solid, like you're someone who, who has my back. But it's actually mad, like how many stories I have about people touching my hair. Like again, on that same trip to Oz in New Zealand, um, there was boys in my group and I think we were on a boat or something and they were sat behind me and they were just like tugging on my hair, like grown men were tugging on my hair. And I thought, I literally thought I was going crazy because I was like, I swear I could feel something in my hair, but I turned around and they were like, you know, looking out the window, pretending it wasn't them. 
And I was like, oh, maybe I was just imagining it. Again, tugging on my head. And I'm like, literally, I'm like, I know it's them now. I'm like, guys, can you actually stop? I'm just trying to enjoy this boat ride. Tugging on my hair like little kids in nursery. And I'm like, boys, like, can you literally stop? Again, it's not getting through. These are grown men, 23, 24-year-old men. It literally got to the point where I just had to get up and move. And I was like, like, like what are you doing? Like, I knew these guys as well. These were people I considered my friends. But they were still tugging on my hair like little what? kids in nursery. I'm like, what the fuck? That's so much. Do you know what? It's childish. It's childish. Why are they childish? why what else do i have to say to you to be like stop i'm uncomfortable stop with this like do you want me to start speaking mandarin what do you want me to say like stop and it's always worse when they're kind of your friends because they should just respect you enough to listen the first time you know literally i don't i don't get it for me though it's also it's also just all the mad comments that come with it. Someone will touch your hair and be like, wow, do you, do you wash your hair? Or this one time I had braids and someone was like, can, can I see your scalp? Can I just see where it connects? As if I'm going to lift up my braids and let them examine my scalp. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Or when people go, can I touch your hair without letting you respond? And they touch your hair and they're like, why is it oily? My hair needs oil to survive. And your hand wouldn't be oily if you didn't put it in my hair, okay? You know, it's just people are too much. Someone said, can, can I see your scalp? Can yeah. I see your scalp? Mm. What, can I see your scalp? <laughs> what? <laughs> Look at your own scalp. Literally, she expected me to lift up all of my braids so she could inspect where they connect. Like, yeah. For you to part your hair and everything. Again, like, why are you looking at me as if I'm some kind of specimen? Like, fam, we're all human beings. We have the same anatomy. So why are you trying to inspect my scalp for as if it's going to be any different? It's just, why do you feel so entitled? Like, oh, I just have to know. I just want to know what it looks like. What it, no, like really and truly respect the boundaries. And it's also thinking we're performing monkeys and that we're just going to go, okay, yeah, let me lift up all of my braids so you can have a look. Like, no, I'm a, I'm a whole human being and I don't want you touching me or looking at my scalp. So leave me be. Let me have my... <laughs> Who has the time to be ex- inspecting scalps and nah, gee, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. Nah, we, nah, we're not doing that. We've had enough of that. Please, please don't let that ever be you. Don't, can never, don't let it be. Just don't. I don't want that for you. As, as our listeners, I don't want that life for you. No, you deserve better. We deserve better. So stop it. We do. I think this, this has definitely been like a very therapeutic podcast for me because hair journey has been has been a struggle and I've definitely had to learn to love my hair and that came with like learning more about it learning more about what it needs and it it was very much just trial and error and you know what it still is trial and error but it's definitely a journey and a struggle at times but again I would not change a thing like I love my hair I love all the different styles I can do with it and you know it's gravity defying hair um and you know what's weird is sometimes I think the things that I hate most about my hair or used to hate the most about my hair are things that other people love and again uh, things that I love about other people's hair they probably hate so it's like it's it's never going to be perfect so just appreciate what you have and again as we said there's such a deep bond that black women have with their hair and I think back to such fond memories I have of like bonding with matriarchal relatives like my mom my sister my aunt and them doing my hair um and it's just so nice that how like black women can bond over hair. So it's just so important. And I love that I now have that connection with my niece. Like 
I'm the only person she likes doing her hair. Even like my sister's like, yeah, she, she won't even let me touch her hair. She won't let me do anything. It's only Auntie Samira she wants doing her hair. And I just love that because we play about with styles. If I see a style on Insta, I'll save it. And then when she comes around, I'm like, which hairstyle do you want me to do for you? And she always picks the hardest one, like the one with all the cane rolls going in different directions. And I'm just like, you had to pick the hardest one, but I still love doing it for her because it's us bonding. Um, and I love that. And it's just, it's just really beautiful. Yeah. And I'm exactly the same. It took me a while to love my hair, but it's now one of my favorite things about me. And I used to really resent my curls, but I honestly just love each and every single one of them now. And to be honest, yeah, our hair may be difficult to deal with at times, but to just know that our black brothers and sisters all across the world are rocking their curls and kinks and learning to look after their hair, just like we are here in the UK. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. Right, I think it's super important to look at just the history of black hair. And I can't remember how long, it, it was quite a while ago, but I stumbled upon this, um, this documentary and it was about L and it was about like black hair and like cultural appropriation. And it was just a discussion into like the history of black hair, which for me was like really enlightening because a lot of these things I didn't even know, like I'm a black woman, I have black hair, but a lot of the historical kind of stuff, I had no idea. So it was very um, eye opening and like, educational um but yeah it was just really cool to see like the pride and creativity that women and men and just black people take in black hair like it's not just about beauty or like protective styling but black hair would be used to signify status and tribes and the community like you could really determine where someone was from and their social status from their hair and i know we've touched upon it in other podcasts and stuff but I just thought like we can't talk on a hair podcast about you know speaking about all these things but colonization taught just everyone that black hair was uncivilized it was ugly it was unprofessional it was too flamboyant and that it had to be restricted which is why slaves had their hair cut or they were made to hide them to sort of strip them of any identity so if you think about like black hair being a way to identify your tribe your community your people they didn't want that they wanted you them people to be seen as if like you are my possessions like there's no tribes and communities so again hide your hair cut it all off again strip them of identity and then this also led later on to a culture of like hair straightening relaxing wigs again being taught that you know your hair is ugly it's unprofessional it's uncivilized and that's where that um sort of narrative comes from yeah it's so true and then even if you think about it even today, school children are literally sent home from school for their natural hair that grows out of their head. Employees will have their hair monitored and black people have to choose more westernized hairstyles when they go to interviews because natural hair is considered unprofessional or unkempt. So these beliefs didn't just end when slavery did, unfortunately. I think the crazy thing to me was when this was happening in, I don't know if you saw the article um, in South Africa and like a black girl in South Africa with Afro hair was literally being told that like, her hair is too unkempt. In South Africa, a country of black people, she's still being told that like, no, you can't come to school with this Afro hair. Like, it was wild. So don't for a second think like, oh, it's just Western, it's just an American. Like, it's literally everywhere across the world. Mm -hmm. And you know, like getting our hair done is part of our identity and who we are. And there's so, so much beauty in it. Like black hair is beautiful. 
it's malleable we can do so many cool things with it as you said like we were joking that it literally defies gravity but like it, it does and just that alone means that we can manage and style it and do loads of different things that other people can't do because they just don't have the texture for it so again that makes it even more beautiful than like we're being taught and I think there's such a great sense of community which is created from doing one's hair um, and expressing themselves and again taking pride in their blackness which is what we were talking about with um, the whole like black power movement and stuff like people reclaiming their blackness and it also gave black women opportunity to start up businesses tailor-made to black people and gave them that financial freedom like all we have to do is look at Madam CJ Walker who was descended from slaves and again she had her hair cut off her hair was like breaking she had bold patches and then she slowly started developing her own products and was selling them to other black women and employing other black women like this will make your hair grow and again she she not only had products and lines of different stuff but she also had like hair salons again that were run by black women so there's just so much power in it and do you know what? whatever we do to our, our hair whether we straighten it get wigs get we we're never going to be white or achieve the beauty standards that are set by like white people that's just never going to be us because it was never designed with us in mind so don't feel as if you have to keep like pulling and doing all kinds of madness to your hair to fit into a beauty standards that wasn't designed with me in mind anyways. Exactly. And just going back to what you were saying before, like my favorite thing about our hair is that we can literally do an infinite number of things with it. We can change our hair literally every week with different hairstyles. Even when we're talking about braids, like you can have so many different hairstyles within that one hairstyle. It's so unique. Our options are literally endless. And I just think it's just so cool as well that, for us, yeah, our hair is a big part of our identity, but it's also just a big part of our community. Going back to what we were saying before with even having your hair done and having your siblings or your family friends doing your hair, it's a way of bringing us together and showing that solidarity for your black sisters and even brothers, because a lot of black guys are growing out their hair as well. It's a lot more than just the hair on our head. It fully brings our community together. Yeah, it's, there's a much deeper thing to it. Again, like it's not just the hair on your head, but it's about that whole experience. It's about going to the hair salon or the barber shop, or going to see your hairdresser. You know, having that conversation as they do your hair. Like there's so much more behind it. And I think um, taking it back to like the states when people started migrating like towards more the northern states of America from the south, they thought that meant assimilating into this more cosmopolitan look which was more Eurocentric, which is why you get like in sort of the 60s, 70s, the more straight hair, like the little bobs and the curls and, and, and all of that. And it was because they felt that they had to assimilate into this cosmopolitan look. And where braids became popularised, the first time they were seen on a non-black person was back in 1979, this woman, white woman <clears throat> called Bo Derek, she was like in a film. They were like, oh, what's going to make this white woman stand out in this very populated film industry let's give her braids and even had the beads at the bottom it was her like running through some beach and i'm like i know your head is killing you right now because these braids are heavy and it's not meant for you but suddenly this white man's wearing braids boom there's a boom it's popularized it becomes a trend in america everyone wants wants braids people are going to certain places little beach towns you get them like when people go spit i don't know what it is about people go in spain but they always come back with like little braids on the side of their head why and the beads, why? I, that, one, that one really baffles me. Someone's going to have to explain that. If you can explain, please let me know, because that one I really don't get. But yeah, it was after this white woman was stunting in braids, which is fully cultural appropriation. Mm -hmm. People started charging like three to $500 
to get these braids on their straight white hair and it would only last two days because their hair texture is not meant for it it's not meant for you You don't have the same like retention and strength in your hair it's not meant for you as i said before not everything is meant for you but um it's it's not just women either but if you think about i don't know if you know the basketballer um alan iverson but he sort of popularized um like cane rolls and this individualistic style in the nba because before it was seen as like our ghetto he's too individualistic like they didn't even like tats or anything that would separate you from anyone else but like my guy would fully rock different kind of cane rolls the snakes the zigzags it was a look and he really just changed the game for for that in basketball to be honest so it's it's not just fashion so just taking our our hair and our looks and our styles and trying to make it high fashion it's our culture it's our culture that's what people don't understand they think oh it's just hair but it's a lot it's a lot deeper than that and I don't know it's just been so great we love seeing the self-love that people have for their hair and the self-expression and just just a love for the culture honestly it's about time But as always, if you want to share your thoughts on the episode, use the hashtag Black, Broke and Brilliant on Twitter or message us on our Insta page. You know what to do. Like, give us a rating if you're listening on Apple. Subscribe, share it with your mums, your nans, your boss who told you your hair was unprofessional and just anyone you share a fond memory of doing your hair with. Yeah, and we'll be back on Thursday as always. I've been Ivy. I've been Samiracle. Thanks for listening.